K-Billy Super Sounds of the 70s continues. You just heard The World as a Ghetto by War and Billy Don't Be a Hero by Bull Donaldson and the Haywoods. And if you're the 12th caller, you'll win two tickets to the Monster Truck Extravaganza being held tonight at the Carson Fairgrounds, featuring Big Daddy Don Bodine's truck, The Behemoth. The 12th caller wins on the station where the 70s survived. K-B-I-L-L-Y Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. My name is David Timoney. I am here with the Metal Lord Colin Bosler and our friend John Harden. The MIA Michael Stamps is lost somewhere in what was once known as the British Isles. Oh, and uh, and tonight... <laughs> Were you expecting him to chime in or something? I was, I was, I was, pause for laughter. Um, <laughs> but we, um, you know, this is the second of our mixtape episodes, right? So last week we had Michael Stamps created a mixtape. And his was, what was his? Metal were goes, songs connected to films. Metal goes, goes to the movies. And, movies. Movies. and I actually quite enjoyed Michael's list. I think I think all of us were bracing when this idea came Dude. around that uh, Mike would be unleashing something upon us. Oh that, my gosh. Uh, I was, we weren't ready for, but uh, his list was really good. It I was, was positive it was just going to be schlock that no one has ever heard before. <laughs> And I was pleasantly supli- surprised that it was schlock that we have all heard before. And <laughs> like some of it, but by and large, some yeah. But um, yeah, so we'll jump into mine in a little bit. But first, uh, I'll get uh, a little, uh, the weekend medal. There's David providing the music soundtrack to our lives. Uh, Colin, you want to start or me? Well, you know, David's going to sit out the weekend metal because I'm, sit, I'm just going to rant. He's going to Go walk us through his playlist. That leaves Colin and I. I'll start. I'll okay. start if you don't mind. Please. <laughs> so it's that time of year where we, you, especially in our Titan Eight group, the concert announcements are just flying back and forth every day. Somebody's got a picture that they're posting about somebody going on tour and recently what peter gabriel was on there the cure was mentioned uh bruce springsteen etc and along with those we got all these festivals and, and i gotta tell you i'm i'm getting a little bit not annoyed I, I just well here's the here's what i'm struggling with is every time these festivals come up now they're like four day long festivals, 60 bands. It's I I was I was thinking about the first time I saw Ozfest. It was 1998. I was in Pittsburgh and there were two stages. There was the main stage in the amphitheater and there was another stage at the top of the grassy hill and you had to kind of walk down a little bit. I was absolutely thrilled that I could run back and forth from the main stage to the second stage and watch bands play these sets. But I think we're losing the fun of a festival with some of these just overwhelmingly packed four day craziness level festivals. And I'm just, I don't know, I guess I I love the concerts, as you know, and I'm excited to see a bunch this year. Are you guys jazzed for these? As men of our age, Colin, here's my take on that. You're, You're right. Some of these, some of these festivals are gigantic and you look at, you know, we were just talking about, I'm going to Sonic Temple with Dan and, uh, and there's, there's like you mentioned those others, there's at least 60 bands playing. It's four nights. It's probably closer to 80 bands. Are you going for all four nights? I'm going all four nights. I think Dan's just going to go for two, but if there's 80 bands playing, I'm going to see like six or seven, like. I, I being our age, 
I'm just not built to go out for 18 hours a day. And do a festival Dude, I don't know if anybody anymore. is and anymore. I'm though. going like there's there's really good headliners that I want to see at Sonic Temple. Like Tool is playing the first night, Queens of the Stone Age the second night, Kiss on night three, and Foo Fighters on night four. I'll see all four of those bands and probably like one to two other bands that day. And I'll sleep in each day and I'll have a nice lunch and I'll hang out at the hotel and, you know, do whatever. Maybe go to the movies or explore Columbus, whatever that means. And that is a cool, that is a cool town, by the way. That's is cool. there anything in, is Columbus known for anything? Yeah, they the, have a college there. The Buckeyes play there. Yeah. That's where the horseshoe is. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not really what I'm getting at. Like, they don't have like a Hall of Fame or like a museum that's well known. Nah. Or something. But I mean, no. but 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 that's my take on it is I, I'm just, I'm not going to be get, arriving to the stadium every day at 9 a.m. and seeing every band that I but can. But that's what they're expecting everybody else to do. I don't think that's, that's true. Like, I, I, I really don't. Because especially like, you know, they, they've yet to announce... Uh, Austin City Limits, which is our local festival. And generally, ACL is announced last because it's so hot in Texas that they don't do ACL during the summer. Like all these other ones are, you know, May, June, July. Right, right. People would die if, if they were out. You know, it's 105 out and you're, you're trying to watch fans. So ours is usually last. It's like, I think the first and second week of October. Is and how many ACL. days is it? It's three. Okay. See, the Ozfest that I'm used to are a day. Even when they were doing Mayhem Fest, it's a day. Yeah. Here, you know, here's I, this is the thing. I look at some of these festivals, and and I'm with John. If there's 60 bands, I'm gonna see like four, five, six of them maybe. You know, I might purposely go see a couple openers that I've never heard of, right? Um, but you look at some of these things, and their their schedules are such that like two bands you want to see. Are playing at the same time. That's that's what I'm saying. Right? It's, yes. too, it's too much, you, man. Like it's right. It's too. It's, it, you can't. You, three stages to me at maximum in a you day. You can't have Limp Biscuit and Corn playing at the same time. Right. Which different. way are you going to go? You don't know. You really? Just jump off a bridge. That's <laughs> where you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think we're losing. It's kind of becoming a. And I don't even know how long these sets are. These sets can't be any more than twenty minutes. At, at a, if you got 80 bands in four days, your sets are. I, really, I think it's really like tight. when we do the fantasy festival. You know, if there's 20 bands that day, 15 of them are going to play for like a half an hour, maybe 15 minutes, a half an hour. That's what I'm saying. To yeah, me, that's but I mean, then you get to like, like the middle rung, they're going to get an hour, and the headliners uh, play for however long they play. The yeah, fighters really, aren't playing less than two and a half hours any festival they're going to. Well, that's, I mean. Um, that, that's that, that's concerts anyway these days. Like I, I I bit the bullet and got Springsteen tickets, right? Because yep. I feel like I feel like I should see Springsteen. You know what I, I mean? I feel I like truly feel, and it's like you know we hear Kiss say this is the last time we're retiring, we're getting old. I really do think that at least as far as Bruce and the E Street Band goes, this is the last go round. He probably is. It's yeah. a, he's a good show. I kind of feel, not, yeah. I mean, my th- I'm, I'm not a huge Springsteen fan, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to log on. And if there's tickets, I'll see if I can get tickets. So I got field tickets. Yeah. And I'm like, these are going to be great. Yeah. I'm going to hate standing that whole time. <laughs> I <laughs> hate to stand. Dude, he I doesn't like have it. an opener. You know, know. Well, he might for the stadium shows, but... When I saw, I just saw him, you know, what, two weeks ago, no opener. This is the first time I've ever been on the ground at a big show. The last time I was at a show, I mean, I don't even remember the last time I was at a show in a stadium. It's been a long time. Might be the Monkees. Colin saw Ramstein. That's right. right. That's true. Chili Peppers were in a stadium, Chili Peppers were in a stadium, too. Yeah, there you go. And, dude, can I tell you about the Kiss tickets? I got Kiss Army pre-sale tickets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For Madison. For Madison Square Garden, the last night, right? Yep. Decent tickets. Not super, like, way less than I thought they'd be. Right? Yeah. I, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he's, I'm like, what are you willing to spend? He's like, here's what I'm willing to spend. And I thought, I'm like, for that, we might be able to get in the building. No, nah, dude, tickets were, like, under 200 bucks. And decent view. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to see him, he's like, we can go to Baltimore. I'm like, no, no, no. If I'm going to see Kiss, Kiss for the eighth or ninth time, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Madison Square Garden the last night of the, of the tour. Yeah, 
You, you know, know, the like, last leg of the tour opens in Austin. And I was, I was telling you earlier today, I looked at tickets. Anything on the floor starts at 500, That's nice. which is crazy. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, I, 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 I looked to I'm see what was left. Out. I mean, I looked just... to see what was left at uh, at Madison Square Garden. There's literally four. Well, tickets left. I think those shows are and they're like and they're like eighteen hundred dollars. I don't yeah. think it, it. Even when I was in the queue, because Ticketmaster sucks, I'm in the queue and I'm also refreshing on StubHub to see how fast they're going up. Yeah, immediately, dude. Th- but there were only like four hundred tickets went up. Huh. Well, that was during the Kiss Army pre-sale. Though. During the Kiss I'm Army. I'm sure there's more now. Yeah. Like, I'll check. Yeah. I'll check. But you know, you it's know. still. But it's we like... were talking about it with Colin. Ticket prices are out of control right and they're now. They're not. They're they never really are. so high, dude. If the prices drop on everything in the world, the ticket prices are not. Well, people are paying it. They're paying if, it. They're used you to know paying what I mean? it. If 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 these arenas were half empty, then people wouldn't. But. Uh, you know, the artists have realized that the scalpers were making all the money and now they're getting in on the party. Yeah. That makes my lawn pass look like such a deal. Two hundred bucks for that every lawn show. Pass is a deal. I mean it's like I don't I don't wanna be back on the lawn, but the amount of shows that you get for that price is crazy. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Well they, there's a, the local event, the place where we saw the MMRBQ, Colin, mm-hmm. they have a summer lawn pass and they it's like do. it's yeah. like two hundred bucks every bucks. every show. Yep, that's what I got, except I get mine in Jersey just because I don't want to go to Camden all the time. Yeah, but for fun. you, for you, it's very convenient. Yeah, 200 bucks. It covers the entire summer. You get ghosts. <laughs> you get ghosts and some other stuff for 200 bucks. Yeah. And a monomarth. That's right. See? There you go. You can go row on the lawn. Yes, you can. <laughs> My week in metal this week is barely a week in metal. I was just sort of re- sort of reading about, and uh, I came across an interview with George Lynch, and they had asked him, uh, you know, what what he thought the chances are of Dawkin getting back together, like original Dawkin getting back together, just because he has been for the past couple of years. He has been sort of tandem touring alongside Dawkin, where they do these shows where Lynch Mob opens. Then Dawkin comes out and plays their set, and towards the end of Dawkin's set, George comes out, and they do two or three songs right. together. And the question was, you know, if you guys are getting along well enough to be able to do these shows and to, to play along on stage, what's stopping you from becoming Dawkin again? Actual Dawkin. And mm. he, he thought that that ship had sailed. He just said that, you know, one, he thinks it's financial for, for Dawn, that he's not going to want to split his take on Dawkin. You know, as it stands right now, it's Don Dawkin and then whoever he hires to be in the band to go along with him. George didn't think that he wanted to to split what they would make. And then secondly, he said Mick Brown has retired from drums entirely. That uh, his brother, Steve Brown, they made a record, you know, (laughs) uh, they made a record as a band called The End Machine a few years ago, one in 2019 and one in 2021, which is really Dawkin without Don Dawkin. It's it's <laughs> Wild McBrown, Jeff Pilson, and George Lynch. And I forget who the singer was, but it's not, it's not bad. Um, and they made another record as well, but Jeff Pilson's main job is Foreigner. And so he, he has been in Foreigner now for a long time like uh, at least 15 years and they they tour the sheds every year uh you know as usually support to a a bigger sort of fm rock band they're headlining this year this is their farewell tour oh that's right that's right this is it they're they're all done this is the last foreigner run sure well uh yeah (laughs) as much as as much as everybody else but anyway i that that was his take and and you know george George really does stay busy. The guy puts out like two or three albums a year, either solo or with bands that he's just put together. And he doesn't he's, have a he's lot of pretty, friends. Pretty prolific. So, anyway, not he's good, coming. He's a good follow on Instagram. If you ever if you're looking for someone on Instagram to pay attention, he has a lot of good pictures that they post. Yeah, of, of his shows. Yeah, his yeah. stuff's pretty. His stuff's he, pretty he good. He plays there. and puts out a lot of stuff continually. Huh. So. Uh, anyway, not coming to a concert near you, <laughs> dude. Can I? I know I wasn't going to weaken metal, but just as an aside here, did y'all catch that that extreme track that just came out? Yeah, dude, yeah. it's pretty good. I, it was I don't. Okay. I don't even like extreme. Yeah, 
It's pretty N- good. Nuno's on it, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, really it, his it, plan. It's, uh, it's original Extreme. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's not... Um, the thing, I mean, his playing on that track for an old man is pretty tight. He's... Dude, I'll check it I out. mean, he's the best part about Extreme. I right? never knew. He sent I his singers to ruin Van Halen for me for a while, but, you know, I when, when they play Extreme's fine for what it is. I, you know, like... It's funny because like we give Dave Mustaine a hard time for thinking for being cheeky. Thinking he's <laughs> he's so he's so clever. Extreme falls into that pit every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, like, they they're, do. they're like corner graffiti and like uh-huh. get the funk out or whatever the fuck it's uh-huh. called. Like, yeah. Really not that good. Uh it's a catchy but, tune, though. I mean, Celtic Frost had a funk record, too. So. But I think Extreme has the right idea. Get, like, There's still money to be made by these bands that have some sort of name recognition. You know what I mean? The fact yeah. that like Skid Row can't bury the hatchet with Sebastian and get out there on the road and, and really make a lot of money as Skid Row with them. Like, Dude, you know, if, if, if Skid Row would have been together with Sebastian Bach, they would have done very well on something like the stadium tour people want to see that shit it's the same as journey i don't know what they're waiting for but journey's right. leaving a lot of money on that, the table dude, right that, now well that's that steve stuff, perry leaving the money that the stuff table. drives me they would love to have him back <laughs> and he's like you know what you two assholes can't even like get along in the same band let alone me come back to you yeah. like there's for no, that amount of money i'd put up with it there's yeah. no way steve perry's got enough money that he even care oh he assuredly does does he yeah because those guys have publishing credits too and the so old, it's like every days, time you know it's like they you know you look a few years back more than a few now but you know when the sopranos ended and don't stop believing the last thing that ends on that everyone was talking about the song and for what two to three weeks that song went back to number one it was like Jeez. the kate bush effect with stranger yeah. things those guys get paid like journey is not hurting financially and yeah. steve perry has songwriting credits and that's where the money is so that new yeah. texas hippie coalition you shared john was really good that hellhound yeah. song that was really good oh they'll be coming to sellersville anytime oh, I'm <laughs> waiting for it baby i'm waiting for it <laughs> they're on their way I, I i wonder do you know where they're from in texas uh, that i don't know yeah, probably somewhere dirty. Just like I, one of those, like, somewhere I, I, dirty. like one of those towns dirty. that's in between cities, <laughs> and we have a few of those. Like, yeah, quite a lot. David, let's talk about the music that you have brought to Colin. Oh, I've brought you some music tonight. So the time um, for your mix, Colin, Colin. What's your guess on the uh, the theme here? It's a little early, right, but I think but I think it's drug related. Because I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of getting some some drug references here in just the titles. No, I don't so, do drugs. No, I didn't say you were doing them. I'm just saying, looking at these titles here, um, okay. twist of twi- twist of cane, sweet leaf, etc. I don't know. I'm just thinking, maybe drug related. Is it life and death? Seriously. Yeah. Look look down the artist list. Ow. Well, that's about as easy oh. as it gets. That's not a the alphabet. Why didn't you theme? just go for the full alphabet? It's the ABCs of metal for me. Oh but it's also God. no. But it's also it's also a little developmental. A lot of this stuff. Now, now, now who's look? Who's being clever? That's yeah, right. exactly. Cheeky. Yeah, Dave Cheeky. Mustaine Cheeky. loves this list. That's right. Dave Mustaine <laughs> loves this list. But um, but no, it's uh, I I I. I have always prided myself, and I'm not saying that this is a great produced playlist but uh, you know back in the day when people made set li- or uh, mixtapes I was the guy who would cut in like movie quotes little pieces of songs from other songs that have nothing to do with what I'm doing right um, how would you get really, laid otherwise really yeah really per- perfectly <laughs> melded you know blends from one song to the next and it's like whether it was like a lyric that like felt like it was crossing over to the next song or like the same rhythm or the same something. Um, I loved doing that and pulling stuff kind of out of my, out of my pockets there to, to really make it interesting and fun. Um, and then, you know, the, the wanting to go right up to the end of that tape, right where the tape turned white, yeah. you know, um, 
and finding like like I need a song that's like 34 seconds long and like thank God for like minor threat and napalm death, <laughs> right? Where you could just like find a song that's five seconds long or MOD yeah. like and that ball- took work. It took planning and Hendrix. it took work to make a good tape like that. These little bastards now just make a TikTok <laughs> playlist and it's like oh here look what I made you in four and a half minutes. Terrible people. But uh, no, but I had a little bit of fun putting this together. I I, I was sharing with John Colin uh, earlier in the week. I said I. I didn't have the time to really, you know, because when you're doing this on a cassette, you got to listen to the whole song. There's nothing right. you can do, right? Right. And you can really kind of like catch that groove and like, if this was an existing record, what would that perfect next song be on the KTEL Super Smash hits of the '80s? You know, <laughs> um, you know, if I dropped Hot Nights and City Lights, man, that thing, that that record just flows. Oh, man. absolutely. Ring my bell right into you know the next track and. Uh, so I, st- I was like, my big one was, what's going to be the first track? And originally I went with South of Heaven and I did, I, I bailed on that. I'm like, this is going to take way too much time because I'm going to have to listen to every song and like really feel it. Uh, but I did, uh, I did throw in a couple little Easter eggs for everybody so we can check out uh, the mix itself. But uh, with, well, I don't want to take too long. We can, we can listen and talk as we go. There's, a, there's one or two longer tunes in here, so that'll give us a chance to chat. Not a super long playlist, though. It's forty minutes, literally on the button, dude. Yeah, (laughs) forty minutes. Appreciate it. All killer, no filler, except for the second half of that. We don't have Michael to count for us, so you do it. Right, right, right. All right, ready? One, two, go. Oh yeah, love the guitar. And here you have the opening track, "The Eliminator" from Agnostic Front. I love this tune. Agnostic Front's a, you know, one of those crossover bands, you know, coming out of the straight edge hardcore scene, but they really kind of meddled it up. And I just, I, they caught my ear right away. And, and we used to cover one of their tunes when I played in a band in high school. Um, but, and we just saw, were you at that show, Colin? Yeah. Yeah. I saw them for the first time when we were all together in Philly. Yeah. They're really good. Roger Murray, his little brother sang for Madball, I think. I was impressed. I, I, I really enjoyed them quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know how much of that band still exists uh, for, for the touring crowd. It might just be the singer and the guitar player. Um, this was back before I knew who everybody was, you know, so I, you'd go to a show and it's like mayhem in the crowd and maybe you get to see who's on stage. <laughs> but I got my uh, I got my little my little eliminator guy oh, from nice. the cover there, right? It's a good track, solid. Yeah, it's I, I like this tune a lot. Um, and this, uh, you know, this whole record, beginning to end, is I don't know, thirty-five minutes. T to B, um, as they say. T to B, as uh, as one Michael would say. Um, but it's really good. It's the whole the whole record just kind of drives through. Where are they you know? from? New York. New York, I believe. Okay, that's kind of my first feel when when you hear them. They kind of sound like that's where they would would hail from. Yeah. Drum work is great. Yeah. Yeah. Guitar too. I mean, really, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think when you when you slip into these punk bands, they can tend to be a little sloppy. It, it's more emotion than it is proficiency. But this is really solid. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It, I would say if you like this tune. You'll probably like the whole rest of this record. It's definitely worth putting on when you're like, you know, cleaning the house or something. I mean, I'm, what's the record? Uh, it's called the Eliminator. Okay. Is it? Is that the It is the Eliminator. No, no. Cause for alarm. I'm sorry. Cause for alarm. The the song is the Eliminator. The, They've the got record. a lot of records. They do. I I would say just their first like two or three records up to the live record at CBGBs. If you like this record, it, it gets um you know it just changes. I think they changed some band members after that, and then they took a hiatus. I want to say maybe somebody went to jail for like, I like fighting. Break. Yeah, it's a mosh break. A mosh break. Yeah. Every every song needs a good mosh break, and then nice little like solo in there. That's like that cool crossover stuff. I feel like what they're doing here is a little bit of what DRI was doing, but they were doing it a little better, but didn't get quite the the attention for it because they didn't have a cool logo. They didn't have a cool logo. DRI doesn't have a cool. Logo. Yeah, it does. I was at that DRI show and I'm like, I need a patch and a sticker and a shirt. (laughs) So says every kid who's ever seen DRI. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) 
I yeah. don't even smoke weed, and I love this song. <laughs> you, like good, that, you like that? You like that transition? It's a great song. Yeah, I mean, I, I, up there with the Kiss songs that I didn't know were about sex. I didn't know this song was about pot. Right. <laughs> right. Well, who, who did back then? I mean, you know, I was just like, all right. Dude, all the dudes in Votech in my high school did. <laughs> such such a good groove. Like, Tony Iommi just, like, keeping it down in the bottom there with it, with this sludgy groove. And yeah. Ozzy's doubled vocals on top of it. It's just... It's 2023 just Metal Bowl winners. There you oh, go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because after... After I made the playlist, I was like, oh, you know, I could have put, you know, and I was like, I could have put somebody else in this slot. I was like, no, no, it was good. It was kind of trust that choice I made. Or (laughs) Bauhaus. Bauhaus, right. Yeah. Bonham. Could have put Bonham in there. Boss Gags. Oh, dude. Don't even get me started with Boss Gags, dude. I love. We've heard. I love Boss Gags, man. I was just listening to Silk Degrees the other day. But, Which, see, I mean, but I, that's it. But I'm just going to say to you, though, if you love him as much as you say you do, that's his most popular album. If you really love him, you'd be grabbing something else out of the catalog that nobody knows. Well, you know, what's funny is uh, there was a package that Sony used to sell, um, like a production package for like making, you know, modern music, loop music out of out of samples. Mm-hmm. It was called Acid or something like that. And every week or every couple of weeks, they would release on their website samples and you could like download them and and mix them and like submit them for like reviews and stuff and one of them was like a whole set of boz gags samples and it was like the you know the cool electric electric piano stuff and like some bass grooves i was so freaking excited dude and then i listened to that record i'm like this record is not that good (laughs) but no i love i mean i'm a big fan of the uh I'm a big fan of like the high voice white dude who sings unintelligible lyrics, you know, whether it's Billy Ocean, Michael McDonald, Rick Astley. Not so much Rick Astley, but you know. This song I like, I like yeah. how this song picks up. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, did they smoke that much pot? Ozzy, from what I've always read, they did, but it was mostly drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, it comes hand in hand for uh, many good many years, but Ozzy's stories always are around them getting hammered at the pubs. <laughs> that's what they, that's how they all start. Yeah, it's 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 funny though, like that this this music and now like that like whatever they're calling it, doom, like this throwback Sabbath sound that that a lot of dudes are saying are playing. It's like the implication is that it's like this drug infused music, but like I don't get that out of Sabbath. I don't like listen to Sabbath and think this they're listen to those guys like doping up and playing music. <laughs> like it never struck me that way no I would agree and I don't smoke dope so I don't know if this is good music to smoke dope to somebody will have to let me know it seemed to me I agree with you I, doesn't, I don't get the they're high while playing this but I do take away some of that they were high when they wrote this kind of stuff, you know? Like, fairies wear boots does not happen to a sober person. <laughs> but fairies, fairy wear, fairies wear boots happens to a bunch of drunken people or a bunch of high people. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm no, you know, I'm no angel, but drugs were never my thing. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I'll crack a beer with you. <laughs> and listen to Sweet Leaf. And listen, I'm gonna put on some Sweet Leaf. You'll have to let me know where we are on this. My my original playlist glitched, so I started a second one. So did mine. I, I'm trying to catch up, and I'm I'm on Sweet Leaf as it wraps up, so or gets ready to wrap up. So I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah, your Google, your Google Drive thing didn't. It all of a sudden just. Shut off on me there, and I went. Yeah, oh, weird, well, man. The we're, we're at uh, seven fifty-five. All right, so that's just that's right helpful. Now. We're at that's eight. Very helpful. Minutes. I'm All at eight right. minutes. I'm at eight oh four. There so. you go. Gotcha. Well, then we're here. We're here with uh, my friend and yours, Celtic Frost. No shock that they're on the list. Oh man, they were getting in there. I, I had a couple of different tracks in mind, but it's like this is the one I really love. This tune, the Usurper. 
It's straightforward. David's it's like clean. Cinderella, Celtic Frost. Yeah. I'm pissed that mm. this isn't something off Cold Lake. Cryptic <laughs> Slaughter. <laughs> no, I mean this is off of the you know the classic. You know, if if somebody's gonna listen to to one Celtic Frost record, Tomegatherion is the one. The Great Beast. It's the first record that has the the HR uh, Giger cover. Uh, that I think is called Satan Number Two, maybe or something like that. It's it's Satan using Christ as a as a as a slingshot. <laughs> and I had that uh, I had that when I was in shop class in high school. I had that silk screened onto my jean jacket, which is still hanging in my entryway closet downstairs. <laughs> they should be. They should be. But uh, this has got all the all the trappings of of Celtic Frost goodness, right? When you've got you've got the hay and you've got the ooh. Right? There's a there's yeah. a <laughs> the ooh. There's a there's a Facebook group called When Tom Warrior Says Ooh. Warrior makes weird <laughs> sounds, man. Well, I, 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 his English is not so good. Dude. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. I can love that. What? I know real Celtic <laughs> Frost fans have uh, probably animosity towards Cold Lake, but that's my favorite. <laughs> hey, <laughs> check it out! <laughs> trying to be cool. That's like that, you know that that Steve so Buscemi meme. Hello, fellow children. Yeah, it's so weird. And then at the end of the one track, he's like, "Oh boy." <laughs> You it's don't very, belong. Let me ask. <laughs> Other guys are afraid to say anything. <laughs> like, I heard he killed a guy. <laughs> how, um, how early is this song in their career? This is like their first LP. Okay. Right. So the Emperor's Return was the. I, they had Morbid Tales, and I think Morbid Tales was also originally released as an EP. To be honest with you, I don't know. Um, and then uh, Emperor's Return was a uh, was an EP. I believe this is their first official uh, full-length recording. Yeah, they've got more, like the discography on on Wikipedia has Morbid Tales listed first, but there was there was a lot of like it was like a European release and a re-release, and then they like released a bunch of like long seven inches and things like that. That I think it was the the later re-release that came out as like something else yeah here it says it was released as a mini lp um but like this is this is kind of the first domestic full length i believe you would call it okay and then from here i mean they they're they kind of remind me a little bit of uh like chuck shoulder where like every record kind of takes a little bit of a different turn and i can bug out to it (laughs) (laughs) now by trying to front load celtic frost and Danzig early mm. in the playlist. Yeah. Are you trying to make me quit the podcast? Or... <laughs> <laughs> this is a good song, dude. Oh, I just can't take him. You just, you, well, <laughs> I feel like when you listen to Danzig, you have to time travel a little bit. You gotta, rem- you gotta like pretend that the the present doesn't exist, and just imagine that this is like that you're back in high school, and this is the first time you've ever heard anything by Danzig. <sighs> I'm looking forward to Austin Butler playing Glenn Danzig in the movie. What? Well, I mean, Danzig's like- trying to do an Elvis. Austin Butler does a decent Elvis. Like, why, <laughs> why not? <laughs> but I've never, I've never paid much attention to Danzig other than the music. Do you think he walks around like all Elvisy? Is he saying hot potato? I, I don't know. Come on, man. Like I just whenever whenever you see him, he just looks like a douche. Like that's why it's hilarious. Like you see that video of, of him trying to be a tough guy backstage and the guy just laying him flat. And yeah. you know, we we talked to Mark Weiss who shot the photos for Danzig's first record. Right. You know, Glenn's being the tough guy, like, don't touch me. Like, just relax. All right. <laughs> Lighten up, Francis. Yeah, that's exactly right. Lighten up, Francis is what. Touch my stuff. You should be told. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean this. I told you this record came out. I was like, I bought this record and No Remorse on the same day at Record Bar at the Grand Run Mall, and loved both like immediately. When that second record came out, man, I was so pissed. Man, it sucked so bad. It had like the Lucifuge. It had like the quasi Doors looking photo on the cover. Where like I all their faces, all their faces are kind of photoshopped and blended together, you know, like like a like a Doors photo shoot. And Hold on, like, I'm going to uh, PayPal calling two dollars and fifty cents to grab that uh, album out of the basement full of boners and have that sent over. <laughs> <laughs> basement full of boners. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, these are those guys. That, like, I wonder if they're like method actors. You know what I mean? Like, if they just like. Puts on his black T-shirt and like hangs out and like goes. I don't to the know, bo- dude. That's that's a that he's had to keep going for a very long time. He's like, hey man, could you give it a hug? What? What? Hey, I mean, Danzig's not. What's he do now? Hangs out in Jersey. But is he still releasing albums? Is he yeah, still- dude. Dude, he's doing all this stuff, man. He's like, oh my. Well, I, I guess just- I guess the Misfits like toured, right? Right. Yeah. His last couple studio albums have been pretty good. I've actually enjoyed them. <laughs> I definitely I would, don't believe that. But. No, I, I, they made the flash drive. Not all of them, but a couple songs. Yeah. Right. But I was being serious. I didn't understand the lyrics of the song. I had to look them up. I really thought he was Sam Potato. Oh, my gosh. I, it, well, first hearing it, I, that's what it sounded like. But. Dude, I'll tell you what. Whoever wrote his Wikipedia page loves him. They're yeah. like growing well, up. We just he read, found out what Glenn Danzig's up to. He read, <laughs> <laughs> it's like growing up. He began reading the works of Baudelaire and Edgar Allan Poe. Dude, this is exactly a- what I'm talking about. A hundred percent, he wrote that. <laughs> Everything is just cultivation. He just takes out me and puts in image. Glenn Danzig. <laughs> Dude, do you remember when we saw them live? The bass player broke like 40 basses and threw them in the audience. Like he would play one, the song would end, he'd break it on the stage and throw it into the audience. He'd go back and get another one, dude. Like, I mean, how many basses can can this guy afford? Like, I don't know. Well, we've certainly moved on now. We certainly have. So this is um, this funny story. I bought this record. It's actually I bought what was a, a Edgar Winter Group's greatest hits record because I needed a copy of Frankenstein, a full-length copy of Frankenstein. And this is the second track on that greatest hits record. And this song would get stuck in my head on like a regular basis for years because you'd put on Frankenstein and then you get distracted and the record would keep playing. Right, and then this comes on. You know what? It's not a bad song. I like it. I'm digging yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, um, it, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't put this on. Maybe I don't want to be this open <laughs> about growing up. But I figured by now we would need to have some some space to talk. So it's a good it, it's long. It's a safe space. It, it, it is episode 148. Yeah, it is. I mean, it like... is. We need a minute. Just, just catch our breath after all those tunes and. Uh, I'm trying, but I'm trying to see. I'm trying to look up who was the bass player on that. I don't think it was Erie Vaughn, but it might have been. But dude, that guy broke a bass like every song, and I couldn't believe it because it just got stupid. <laughs> You're talking about the Misfits show we saw. The Misfits show. I remember him breaking a couple. Dude, he I don't broke remember like him breaking 20. one every song. He broke so many. I do bases. remember a couple he threw into the ba- into the audience. I do remember that. A lot, a lot. Okay. Where were you sitting? You guys were back a ways. We, we were, were on the side. The, we were. Oh, were you? Side. Were you up a level or you down yeah. a level? Uh, I think we were on like the second level. Okay, we were we were close enough that we saw Pierre Robert for it. Yeah, I think you were down below far. us. I think you were down on the first level. Um, but man, who? Just quit it, man. <laughs> what the heck, dude? That's rock and roll, yo. It just got dumb. It's... And then, you know, the you got Dave Lombardo on drums, right? And then uh, 
And then oh, he kept, way, he kept the going to the back, I think, for oxygen. This song is what that Kiss goofy song that Kiss did on that terrible Love Gun record. This is that's this is a better version of that song. They Hooligan? Do that, no, that doo-wop one they do at the end of side one. It doesn't not sound like Hooligan. <laughs> <laughs> but that one at the end of side one they do that kind of that kind of you know partridge family thing. Yeah, that's a, this that Acres Winter song is a much better version of what that song could have been. Say so, dude. I forget what it's called now. All right. What's that like? This. Yeah, sticking with my. Uh, this is a longer song. John likes long songs. Sticking with the longer song thing, but also sticking with my upbringing. We've got Forbidden, right? A band that I I listened to, and uh, they played Philly a lot. So there's some there's some <laughs> there's some footage somewhere of me and Stymie at a Forbidden show at the Troc on YouTube in, down in the pit I think he gets hit in the head with something or somebody does next to him nice but uh, yeah I mean they're they're great like if you look these guys up online like the videos and things people are constantly like they got shafted like they should have been famous and they should have been they're a great great band um, they would sell out I mean I don't know if they ever sold out anything at the truck but I mean that place would be a freaking mob scene. Oh, Colin's referring to Tomorrow and Tonight. That's the one that that Edgar Winter song It does exactly. sound a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to just close the book on that. Sorry. On, on, on to Forbidden. This is a great <laughs> song, by the way. This is, this is fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, it hasn't even kicked in. He's a good singer. This whole record is great, to be honest. I don't hate it. Which one is this? Which record is this? This, is, I think the record is called Through the Eyes of Glass. I'll have to oh, check. Um, the uh, The official video, I think, for this is is live. Oh no! The record is called Forbidden Evil. Mm. Um, but this was the this was the release. They had a, the live video. The live video is actually live, and it's the official video. Yeah, I like the guitar work. This is this is quite yeah, good. it's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's when you when you look at bands who were out, you know, in the mid to late '80s. It is a little surprising that they didn't take off because they're better than a lot of them. You're like, yeah, I'd take these guys over like Flotsam and Jetsam any day. Don't tell Carrie. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. them, them's fighting words. <laughs> Whatever, man. Put them up. Put them up. What a Halloween esque. I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I like it. It's good stuff. I mean, it's 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 definitely for me. It's like throwback, but it's also that like, it's just got that classic thrash sound that you could just put it on and not even think about it. You're not like, oh, I'm gonna skip over this track or or fast forward because it's getting boring. It's got enough uh, enough interest in all the tracks that they're not just sticking pieces in for the sake of sticking pieces in. I can like just listen to this, man. I can. I can like taste the artificial smoke. <laughs> I love that smell. I, yeah, I really do. It means something good's about to happen. You smell that like candy smell. Yeah, yeah. Remember when it used to have that like really good like like sometimes it'd be you go somewhere to be like coconut. You'd be like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Vanilla was what I always smelled. That, that's, those are the oil-based ones because we still use those foggers, like you know, in, in production and things like that. But usually, you have to use the the water-based ones now because the oil ones fuck everything up. Like the oh, walls really? get screwed up. Yeah, lame. Yeah, like somebody had strawberry one time, and I was like, man, this is fantastic. Like you can't even <laughs> yeah. smell. You can't smell anyone in here. <laughs> David starts vaping. <laughs> Right, that's all I need. Like, yeah, you ought to start vaping. Never thought about that. <laughs> Great guitar solo. Yeah. 
This guy's just destroying this thing. These were definitely the days where, like, you would see a lot of bands, and not everybody was a great player. You know, like, they like they might have been good at writing songs, good at writing riffs and things. Fast, you know, like a Scott Ian kind of, like, riff master with a fast hand. But dudes who could really get up there and, and shred and fit in and sound great, like, you'd see those guys, you'd be like, ah, oh, crap, we may as well just quit. <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard this. I really like it. Then that double bass kicks in after the solo. Yeah, it's dude. good. I'm gonna dig into this. Yeah, this is a really good record. How many records? Not enough. Um, three. Okay. Somebody's gonna be like, "That's more guys than are that. from San Francisco." <laughs> How do I not know them? Yeah. I don't know. Eighty-eight, dude. Yeah. Formed in 85 from the Bay. Yeah, it's true. They only have, what, one album released in the 80s, three in the 90s, and then another one Five studio records. Yeah, that's not that many. Twisted Into Form is the one I'm familiar with. Okay. That that one I I have. Let me look at that cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I think we we saw them on this tour. Okay. I've seen it that looks on like they shirt. had a guitar replacement though before this one came out. It features oh, their one Paul lineup Bustaff. change. Yeah. What were we ta- what were we talking about with Paul Bostaff? Was it back when we were talking about Slayer? We were talking about Slayer, yeah. <laughs> talking about Kerry King and his secret band. Like, oh I'm starting up something. I can't really tell you who's in it, except Gary Holt's in it and Paul Bostaff. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that David has embraced Ghost so much. He not really only, has. Not only yeah, do you, it's because he you. came to Austin and we See? saw the ritual. Oh, hold on. Like, uh, yeah. I really had, nice. This is. I put this on because this is the first put, Ghost put record Satan I've on the list. It has more songs about Satan, and I like this record. It was after this. I, I liked them. I left them. Um, <laughs> I saw them at the. They, I saw them at the Troc, this tiny little venue here in Philly. And, uh, and they were great. To see them early, what was it like before they could do the full pageantry? Like A lot of lasers. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. But, but because... still, the Pope, the Pope costume, just not as elaborate as it is now. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole they had the whole show, right? So, like, the... Because the... that was when the ghouls were wearing, like, the robes, right? Like, the they monks. They were wearing the robes and the long faces. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, they came in... And it was really obvious, right, that these guys were pros. You know what I mean? And and I'll say it's similar to like when when like Forbidden came into town. Like these guys had real gear. You know what I mean? Not like us, like local dudes who just cobbled together whatever we had, or we had like a half stack and like drummer had like a full full one drum kit with like a couple of drums from another drum kit. <laughs> these guys had like all pro gear. So you go see Ghost. And they're doing stuff that, like, cover bands would do. Everybody ran direct. You know, the stage volume was like a was like a loud radio. You know, even the drummer was, like, wrapped, you know, so that his drums weren't too loud out front. And that you, you saw this and you were like, this is like Disney or something. Like, they have got this buttoned up perfectly. You know, they're all running Axe FX, which is, like, guitar direct amp simulators... They got keyboards, and you're like, they're not messing around. Yeah. <laughs> like, these guys are going to work. This is like a wedding band. And it was a jump. I mean, at least for me, maybe maybe dudes were doing this already in metal. You know, like, when I saw Napalm Death here in Philly, the one guitar player was running uh, an amp simulator. You know, now he was running that amp simulator at full volume. <laughs> and I almost went deaf that night. But it's just not that common to see guys rolling in with like pro audio at that level for a metal show um and they were great they sounded perfect without sounding boring you know like i've I've said it before like when i saw voivod back in in 1990 they sounded just like the record 
they sounded like somebody put a stereo on stage and played the record. <laughs> it wasn't loud enough. It wasn't like exciting enough. Um, but this was not that. They they like similar to what we saw in in Texas, dude. They took over the whole room. It wasn't the stage blasting out at the crowd. Like the crowd was there, you know. It, yeah. Like, enveloped the whole room. Because we were up like. I'm trying to remember who was with me. Stymie was with me because I think I think Mike Beef was uh, was on crew that night, and we were like up on the second floor grabbing beers, and like from the back of the bar on the second floor, you could see the show, and it was still awesome. It was right. it was something, man. Yeah, they're they're just you know, and that that's we mentioned that after going to that show, they're just so professional in yeah. in, what, in what they do. Like the playing is great. Yeah. And now for something <laughs> completely different. That's right. Bust out a little town Philly. Little Motown Philly. Dude, if this rolled into Aisha right after this, I'd <laughs> fucking fly to Philly and hug you. <laughs> Jumping into uh, one of my first ever and favorite Halloween tracks. This hey, was, I mean, tell the listeners who's coming by Middle-Aged Metalheads next oh week. Oh my goodness. Next week, we've got a special guest coming to Middle-Aged Metalheads, and that is one Michael Kiske of Halloween. And I That's can't amazing. wait. I That's cannot amazing. wait to talk to him. I've got so many questions. They are going back out on tour, and Michael's going to stop by and tell us about the tour and, and their plan for this tour. That's going to be killer. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. But, uh, I mean, I remember when this record came out. I bought it. I put it on. And I couldn't. I just couldn't get over it. I played it constantly. Yeah, their tour starts May 13th in Dallas. Goes to June 3rd in San Francisco. Uh, they're touring with Hammerfall. Oh. Oh. Thank God. Taking Tails Wagon. Oh, dude. Hammerfall's amazing. We saw them a couple years ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Hammerfall. Hammerfall is a great, great act. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. New York might be the closest for you guys. Nah. Hammerfall is going to be relatively close to us, but maybe not with Halloween, I guess. Mm. Well, the Helsinki tour has been canceled. Oh well. But this is, um, yeah. I mean, when I heard this record. It, it was it it just landed at a perfect time for me like they do all these like classical references you know and i was in high school and i was really into classical music so they would drop something i'd be like i know what that is you know like little wagner references little like you know you name it you know it just right there in the in the solo there they they dropped in a little reference to a to a classical piece and i was like that's cool man like i'm, I'm with you i'm with you we understand each other here um, matter of fact, I was like, I think when, when I bought this record, we had like gone to the beach or something and I brought my guitar with me to work on, the, you know, some new songs for the band. And I was learning, you know, some classical tunes cause I, I wanted to like get some new ideas, get my fingers moving in different ways. And then when I heard these guys doing that, I'm like, that's awesome, man. Um, and then I, I think I told you like Halloween comes around and I'm like playing that song Hel- Halloween and my mom's like, nobody understands why this is interesting. <laughs> Wait, just give me a break. I'm handing out candy. So Hammerfall and Halloween, you say? It's not bad. That's... I could probably get up to Worcester, Mass. There you go. Might be worth it might be or Silver Spring Maryland's not that far either yeah no I mean it's a short little tour yeah interesting they're doing they're doing a European tour as well so I you know they're just popping over here for yeah a few dates oh I had to drop this in I think about this all the time Yeah, that is relatively short, though. That's a that's a short tour. Yeah. We interrupt this program. 
program with a special bulletin. <laughs> like a negative land? No, dude. That's that's the first track on Ice T, Freedom of oh, Speech. Okay. But Shut watch up, be what happy. just watch what you say. Shut up, be happy. There you go. So you've got so it's an Ice T track that Ice T is not on. It's black. You know Sabbath. what I'm talking about, right? Though that yeah, sounds yeah. like the same preacher that they sample for Christianity is stupid. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this my mixtape. Actually, the next episode for my mixtape, I might just play a Negative Land record start Dude, to finish. I love, I love <laughs> Negative Land. That would this, be awesome. This is your man Jello Biafra. Spoken word. Um. But I, I mean, I think about this all the time. I think about this when you get those like Law and Order dudes, who just like, oh, Law and Order, Law and Order, Law. And all the Law and Order dudes I know were like cokeheads in high school. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> they're but, uh, they're all like five foot two. Yeah, angry, fire plug. <laughs> we're gonna like a, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I love and I this this goes back to stuff we've talked about before. I think that metal and hip-hop just makes so much sense yeah um, i agree especially especially when you're talking about that like 80s really politicized really message driven hip-hop public enemy public enemy ice this record the, the iceberg record is so good i remember seeing a dude walking down the hall with an iceberg t-shirt on you know with what's got like the guns at his head the, the shotgun in his mouth and he's like sweating and I'm like, what? The, what? What is that? <laughs> like, I just had to know. It was just it, the, the artwork is really bad. <laughs> the artwork on the cover of this record is so bad. And we cut into the Jesus Lizard. <laughs> I think you brought one of these songs to the show before, right? I think I had uh, on or, something. Or we just we talked about it. We in definitely one of the talked about episodes. it. I think you dropped it in. Maybe. Um, I love Jesus Lizard. Uh, they were. I think two of the guys were in a band called Scratch Acid. The singer David Yao is kind of the feature here, but that bass player is real good, and uh, the guitar player is good, and noisy, and heavy. But they kind of go back and forth between kind of very, very stark sounding guitars and, and vocals to very kind of um, kind of thick textures that I like. This record is, um, I think it's their second full length record. They've, they've got a, a thing about like, I don't know if it's a thing. It's just something I noticed. I think that all of their records have four letter words for titles. You might be right. I'm trying to. I, I can picture the covers, like goat, loads, liar, down, oh, yeah, shot, head. Be. Yeah, I think it is right. So this is off the record. Shot the um, the record. I would recommend if somebody's like, I would like to know more about the Jesus Lizard. I would listen to Goat, which is produced by our friend Steve Albini. Um, but this record is also very accessible. Hey. They kind of caught fire a little bit around 1990 with the the record Head, and I think a couple records after that, people start like I remember seeing it in you'd see it kind of like predominantly displayed in in the record stores. I don't know how much, I don't know how many people bought the stuff, but they were pushing it pretty hard. Yeah, this was a band that sort of missed me at the time. Yeah. The track I think we dropped into an episode was um, Mouth Breather from Goat, which is yep. a really great track. Really good, aggressive guitar sound. This is a song. And I can't... I mean, I, how far can you go through the alphabet? <laughs> I think it's beautiful that you started your playlist at K and then worked it back and you're like, hey, that's <laughs> 10 songs. <laughs> <laughs> Truly one of the best Kiss songs ever. I love the guitar sound on this record. Oh, it's great. Come on. 
that first like I'm like, oh, it's so chunky, dude. I I don't know. Did you guys hear them on on Howard Stern this week? No, I don't listen to Stern. Just the clips. I mean. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it's like we just talked about how expensive those kiss tickets are, and and Gene Gene is still great, and and but Paul is just turning into the fucking ant that you don't like anymore. Like <laughs> it's just he just sounds so fucking petty. Like it, it's it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, he's he's always had an element of that. Like you read his book and it's just he just shit talks peter and he shit talks ace and it's this and that and it's just like stern to announce the final shows and there he is again and it's just like you know howard's asking him like why aren't peter and ace playing and he's like well because then we wouldn't be kissed we'd sound like piss (laughs) and it's like come on guy that's not funny it's, Dude, they, it's not funny. It's not clever. It's just like, it's a little pathetic, to be that, honest. Dude, it's that high rent upbringing coming out. I, I don't know, man. Like, it was just like, it was all his greatest hits about, like, you know, how he was born with a deformed ear and this and that. Was and it was just like, God damn, dude. Even Stephen like, Colbert. Stephen Colbert is not an asshole. No. Yeah, just, I mean... Just, I, I I heard like a thirty second clip of that. They can barely string sentences together. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're old. Man. That's what I'm saying. Like they're at that age where it's like just where go, they just want to lay down. Just, just go get fix a comfy me a plate, and, baby. Yeah. Just go fix me a plate. You know, like you're the one seeing in a Madi- seeing in a Madison Square Garden, be, dude. I'm just going to Madison Square Garden for a, a record listening party. They're- Go fix me a plate is something I'm going to put on a business card. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Go fix me a plate. Yeah. Now go get I your mean, shine box and fix they're, me a plate. They're, they're just so old. Like their lips aren't moving when they're talking. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's time. Gotta be I, they, they know it's time. It, you they know, showed it's, up to Howard Stern in costume. Well, yeah, they were Dude, performing. It's, it's a radio show. Well, no, it's not because <laughs> no? I mean, Howard films like it goes out, you know, Dude, on YouTube. And this everywhere. is like they when they were, were performing. on, they're announcing the tour. Kiss wears costumes right Dude, now. This is like when they were on that. Who's that guy? Tom something. Snyder. Tom Snyder. They're on Tom Snyder and they're sitting in like. Dude, the Tom Snyder cares. appearance is the greatest thing ever. But this is the point <laughs> where they're like, they're in their career. They haven't quite realized that if they go do an interview, they're going to be sitting in costume on chairs built for regular people yes. in regular clothes. Right. And they're going to be uncomfortable, and they're going to want to like cross their legs. And Ace like crosses a case and a case and a half of champagne before they go on the air. Whole bottle of Hennessy. Gene is just sneering at him the entire time while Peter's just giggling. Yeah, it's it's probably their best television appearance ever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Greatest, absolutely. I had on VHS when I was a kid. Yeah, just just Except for, that. for like when that lady, you know, tells Gene that he has a hook nose on the Michael Douglas show. Like, <laughs> seventies TV was weird, right? Wasn't she like a, like a well known like Jewish comedian? Who like was a like, comedian or something? Yeah, she like, was yeah. making like Jewish references, like, oh, yeah. you're yeah, you're a Jew. She tells or Gene you can't hide the hook. Right, right, right. Yeah, like hilarious lady. Jesus. Right. <laughs> Like, David, that was a nice playlist you put together was, for us this evening. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. People are going to be in their cars driving along, wondering how the Jesus lizard passed them as well. And well, here you are bringing it so they can bug out to it. <laughs> Dude, you know, you're, so, so those drops, what, we had, uh, it's a trip. We yep. had, uh, you heard Henry Rollins scream. We did. That's the opening of uh, the track Do It. You got a little Motown Philly in there. Right. And uh, if you didn't notice, there was a bass solo that I dropped in, and that is the bass solo from uh, Can I Have a Smoke by Mary's Danish from their first record, There Goes the Wonder Trick. It's not only entertaining, it's educational. Too. <laughs> that's get us what, out. that's what you turn to the doctor for. Somebody get us out of here. 
all of our episodes kind of wander off the path, don't they? They really do. You know <laughs> you what I mean? You can't find it, grind it. Wrap all it up, right. Colin. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to another episode, episode 148 of Middle Age Metalheads. This is our second in our series of four mixtapes. John. Hardito, I think you're up next, yes? I, I am not. Michael Kiske will be up next, which makes me 150, and I know you're disappointed oh, about that. Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to 151 now. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that hurts. I, was I might so do excited. you a solid. And just dude, like should be, you're 151, dude. We can all drink vodka. That's right. See, go. I'll be 151. Call him Bowser 151. Uh, sorry, Michael Kiski will be up next, and then John, and then yep. myself for our mixtape. So, on behalf of John Harden, David Timoney, and myself, Kyle Lossler, thank you very much for again tuning in. Find us on the socials. I never remember all the tags. You guys know all that stuff for oh, Facebook. Oh, if they don't know it by days. now, so. I was going to say most people should know those. I think at this point, <laughs> but uh, thank you very much for joining, and we will be seeing you next time with Michael Kiski. Have a great night, everyone. Later. Yeah.